Welcome back to The Good, The Bad and The Backlog, the podcast where each week we knock off a game from our backlog and then come on here and talk about it. I'm your host, Adam, and today I'm joined, as always, by my co-host. You'll find his picture in the dictionary next to the definition of straight white male. Please welcome back, Kieran. Hello, it is me, the straightest of whitest men. <laughs> You're like the, the PVC pipe of, of straight white men. I am the ivory... To no one's ebony. (laughs) (laughs) You are the white piano key to the black piano keys. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to end it right there. That'll do. That's me. I'm all of the above. You are the filling of my Oreo. (laughs) But what if it's a chocolate Oreo, man? You've ruined it. Ah, shit. All right, fine. Bugger it. Anyway. (laughs) Of my custard cream. Custard can be yellow, though. Custard cream biscuits, man. They, They got the white cream. Let's not be obscene. Right. That sounds like an, a UK-only thing I that our listeners won't understand. <laughs> Just going to dip my custard cream into my tea. Yep, that definitely sounds like a UK thing only. <laughs> For sure. Alas, they have uh, milk in and uh, and I can't eat them, so no custard creams for me. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. So, uh, right. what's been going on this week? Have you had a good time with your life? Well, you know what? I've got two things to talk about. Yeah. Uh, one is for the first time in my life, I have actually joined a gym. Right? Holy shit! I know. I've I've got to to this uh, outrageous age with never setting foot into an actual gym. The only thing I've done before is climbing gyms, which I don't think quite count. This is like it has the machines, it has the weights, and I felt out of place as fuck when I went in the other day for my first time. But I went in super early, so no one was there to judge me. So I could try out all the machines and look like a fool trying to work out how they work. (laughs) But it was fun. I quite enjoyed it. (laughs) I have a confession as well. What's that? I've never been to a gym before either. (gasps) No, get out of town. No, never. Gym virgins. (laughs) I know you wouldn't wouldn't pick it because I'm quite muscular. I know. (laughs) I know. Um, I just have heavy dumbbells at home and a weights bench, and I've been doing it by myself for like the last 10, 15 years. I've never been into a a gym because I'm just too scared to go. Yeah. I was a bit intimidated by it, honestly. But I mean, if you've got the the setup, then there's no reason really to go because the the reason I'm going is because I don't have that stuff here and I'm not going to get it. And plus, it's super cheap down here for the gym for some reason. So it's like, might as well. And it's motivation to go. Whereas if I just had the the dumbbells in my room, they'd probably just gather dust. Yeah. The idea behind it was that I would be saving money on a gym membership by doing it all by myself. But the truth of the matter was I'm just too insecure to go by myself. (laughs) And um, (laughs) now I've kind of like my results have sort of plateaued because I only have a certain heaviness, like a... I only have a certain weight, so mm-hmm. um, oh, okay. I don't have any more plates than that. So I'm kind of like you're missing out on those gains. Yeah, like I, I kind of think if I if I want even more results, I need to go to a gym. So as soon as lockdown is lifted, I will be looking into that because I've gotten a little buff now, and I like the way it feels, and I want to look even better. Damn straight, got to get that progressive overload going on. It's a term <laughs> yeah. I've heard. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I've hit my progressive overload and I cannot overload any further because I do not have any more weight plates to put you on my dumbbells. No, you have no loads to go over. 
Yeah. And I know a lot about loads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of progressive, so. <laughs> That's one thing, actually, that I would say about this gym is that there is, like, no restrictions at all uh, regarding COVID. There's a few, bit, like, spray bottles and some cloths where you wow. can wipe down the, like, pull-up bars you've been using or the, or the weights. But it, there's no... Uh, no one's walking around in masks or anything, and it, it's a it's quite a compact and cozy gym, so it's a bit strange. I was expecting people to be in masks. Yeah, that is very weird. It is a bit. Yeah. Hmm. Well, all the best to you. I hope you don't have any um, underlying health conditions <laughs> that will put you into an early grave. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from gyms, I just I just want to yep. bring light to the fact that I am now on the last episode of. Twin Peaks The Return, and oh. I actually am quite enjoying it, and I cannot possibly tell you why, because I don't understand anything that's going on, <laughs> but the last few episodes have been super interesting, and it's it's like suddenly hit me that I, I feel like I understand this stupid Lynchian nonsense, oh. but, uh, you know, I just... It was Deadly Premonition that made me watch this, so it's thanks to that game that I'm watching this thing. It's, it's Good. Uh, it makes me want to play Deadly Premonition again, actually. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking about that the other day. I'm like, man, I, I kind of miss that game. Yeah. At the time, I didn't recommend it, but I think I do now, and and it's, it's like it's left an impact on me. Good. Yeah. Good. Now you just need to get a Switch to play Deadly Premonition 2 so we can review that game on the podcast. Uh, I'll just wait for it to come to PlayStation. It might happen. It's not going to come to PlayStation. It might happen. <laughs> it might be a timed exclusive, right? All right. But anyway, what about you? How, how's your week been? Uh, I watched this show uh, on HBO called Raised by Wolves, which was quite good. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's uh, Ridley Scott, so the alien dude, made this oh, yeah. show. Um, I think it's like 10 episodes are all about almost an hour long. And it's basically like this, these two androids are sent to a faraway planet to incubate and raise children to basically start humanity all over again. So, um, fucking cool androids and some alien creatures and some craziness goes on. And it's really cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've not heard of that one. Sounds pretty cool. Speaking of aliens... Speaking of aliens, indeed. Yeah. What have we been playing this week, Adam? Gosh, well, I mean, it's been a long few weeks, but we are at the end of Dead Space Month, and of course, we were playing Dead Space 3. Yes, arguably the scariest of three. Uh, scary as in... Um, scary as in how did they make it this bad? Uh, <laughs> controversy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Dead Space 3. Uh, okay, here's the funny thing. The Wikipedia says it's science fiction, survival, horror, action, adventure, video game. It's that's every- a whole lot of genres. That's a whole lot of genres right there, man. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that it's a sci-fi action game with horror themes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. 
And, uh, okay, so it was released early February 2013 for the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and, uh, I think PC? Yeah, uh, looks like I would PC. guess so. The others were. Actually, maybe, yes. yeah, it definitely was, because this was, um, it was going to be, like, Origin only at one point. So, um, yeah, it's definitely oh, PC. Yeah, thanks, EA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> I I guess we'll just say spoiler warning now because um we're obviously the third game in, in to a trilogy so we're just going to be openly talking about anything and everything. If you have no interest in finding out any story spoilers, um, I don't know why you wouldn't want to hear about it because it's nothing too drastic and dramatic that needs to be protected. But um, if you haven't listened to our previous two episodes, go ahead and do that. They're really uh, good. Last one was pretty darn good. Told some corkers. Uh, <laughs> Of stories. <laughs> Where do I begin? Well, let me start with the, the very, very beginning of the game. You, you start off as a nameless dude on, on a planet. It's like a snow planet. And uh, there's another Necromorph outbreak. And it's kind of like a little prologue intro thing to teach you the buttons. Um, Gameplay-wise, everything is basically the same as far as controls are concerned. And most mechanics, there are some really big changes that we'll get to in a second. Um, but control-wise, the same as the last game. After that little prologue is over, we are reintroduced to Isaac, who is on a planet. Is it Earth? Do you remember? Um, I don't actually remember. I'm not sure if they said, but I just assumed it was Earth, yeah. Okay. So we're going to go out on a limb and say it's Earth. Uh, and he is now a very grumpy, drunk, belligerent, PTSD-riddled guy with some anger issues... Have you ever heard of a character like that before in a game or a film? I just, it's so original, isn't it? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's, <laughs> they they took the most cliche things and um, <laughs> somehow made them even worse. Yep. I'm just going to go out there and say it right now. I loved Isaac in the last game. I hate him in this game. <laughs> He's yes. a fucking dick. <laughs> and it's not just Isaac as well. Yeah. They've really, and Ellie. they've really done a number on the characters and in yeah. uh, just <laughs> everything. Yep. Okay, uh, suppress it. We'll get to it in a second. It's difficult, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So the setup for this game is Isaac is visited by some fellas who are basically saying, hey, the unitologists are doing some bad shit. Ellie went to investigate. Um, we need your help to find her and fix some shit. So Ellie and Isaac were in a relationship. They're now broken up. Um I missed that entirely and throughout the game I was I just I didn't understand why Isaac and Ellie were were close like I had only um experienced their relationship in in Dead Space 2 which seemed good because they were like the only two humans alive at the mm-hmm. time <laughs> but I didn't realize there was any romance going on between them and then this one, it seems to be quite prominent. And I was very confused about where the hell that came from. Yeah. Look, it, it skips ahead in time. I think it's a couple of years. Um, let me see if it actually says anything here. There's full paragraphs that I'm not going to read. So I'm just going to say <laughs> that it's it's set um, at least a couple of years after the second game. There was sort of like romantic inklings about um, Ellie and Isaac in the previous game. But that's kind of like the generic sort of, hey... You're a girl. I'm a guy. We're in this survival horror situation. Um, 
I hope you survive. (laughs) (laughs) And then they obviously bonded after that and became an an item. Um, But then in the start of this game, you just sort of met by Isaac. I think he's even looking at a picture of Ellie or something. And he's (sighs) just like looking emo and and (sighs) depressed and pushing shit off tables and stuff. And He's an angry man. Yeah, making a fool of himself. Yeah, making him seem very unlikable. <laughs> yeah. So, they were in a relationship, they're not anymore. In any case, he's met by John Carver and some other dude. I think his name is Robert. Roberts? Someone Roberts? There's Norton. Norton. Yeah. Okay, well, he's met by a dude named Norton. <laughs> Norton and Carver. And then uh, you're sent through Earth to escape the unitologists, and then you're eventually meet up with um, this group of people who are supposed to help you escape from Earth, but there is the main antagonist, who is this guy named Jacob Danik, who is a Ugh. unitologist, who basically looks like uh, Andy Warhol, <laughs> I thought. I, th- I thought um, a combination of um, Elton John with- Oh my god, um, that's it. <laughs> Oh, I don't know, just a, like a James Bond villain from the early 80s or something. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking more like, what's his name? I think his name is Bill Nighy or something. Oh, Bill Nye? Not Bill Nye the science guy, but the yeah, other like him. British dude. I know him, yeah. Yeah, I got that mixed with Andy Warhol glasses. <laughs> <laughs> and his uh, space puff puffer jacket, fur-lined yeah, puffer and- jacket thing. The most pathetic uh, ponytail I've ever seen on a man. <laughs> I didn't even know he had a ponytail. Wow. He did. It, it was like an inch long at the back of his head. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like a little a little stumpy nub of a ponytail. Wow. Anyway, why they decided to give that to him, I don't know. But that is what they did. Yeah. That was quite funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway. Danik, the old chap, activates a marker on Earth and then unleashes another necromorph outbreak. You eventually leave Earth and then you fly to Ellie's last known location, which is a flotilla above the planet Tau Volantis. And long story short, (laughs) you meet up with Ellie. Uh, Turns out that her and Norton have been having a relationship since you guys have broken up because she meets him and kisses him right in front of you. Which is rude, to say the least. Well, it's rude because of this so-called history that Isaac and Ellie have. But for me, as a player coming from Dead Space 2, it it just felt like, ah yes, there is Ellie with her boyfriend. No problem. But for Isaac, it's a big deal. (laughs) It is a big deal, and he's not happy about it. So, uh, in a nutshell... You spend a whole bunch of time in this flotilla. That's like the first half of the game. Second half of the game, you eventually go down to Tau Volantis. The whole sort of setup is that Ellie and the gang discover on this flotilla that there's some sort of signal from the planet below, and they think it is where the marker signal originates from or something along those lines. So they think that if they go down there, they'll find a way to end the necromorph outbreaks once and for all. So that's the setup. And off you go to do a bunch of uh, fetch quests and errands that take forever. And a whole lot of backtracking too. Oh, yes. And uh, solve the mystery and kill the necromorphs and all that stuff. That's the setup. (laughs) Yeah. And that could be a problem or it might not be because I feel like um, 
generally, your standard Dead Space player isn't really primarily here for the story, I wouldn't say. It's the gameplay we're after. Exactly. And there's a one specific major difference in Dead Space 3 compared to the other games. And what is that? That would be that this game offers co-op play for the entire yes. story. I'm not entirely against this, by the way. But as a solo player, you can definitely tell that things have changed to accommodate this. And full disclosure, I did not play co-op on this. I couldn't find anyone with the Xbox 360 copy to play with me. I'm assuming you didn't play co-op either because it turns out that co-op is 100% online only, not couch co-op. It's not couch? No. So you can't do split screen? Well, that nope. sucks. Because, um, I mean, I, I I was thinking about um, asking my housemate to play because um, we played a bit of the second one together. But um, I do not have a second controller down here with me. Um, but even if I did, I guess it wouldn't have helped. <laughs> yeah. I, wow. I thought that you guys might have been able to play together as well. But I just found out today when I was reading the wiki that it's 100% online only. That's so stupid. Yeah, I feel like the whole point of making something co-op or having co-op for stories just—it's uh, so much more fun when it's couch co-op. But even taking that away is a bit stupid. When I think of online co-op, I tend to think that it's mostly, uh, you know, like a PlayStation Four era type of thing. But back to PS3 and Xbox 360 days, I thought all of them had a local co-op option if they offered co-op at all. Exactly. Yeah, I'm thinking like uh, the Resistance series. That was all. Split, scene, uh, split screen co-op, I think. And um, yeah, there was loads more around that area time period that, that had that sort of split screen co-op mode. Uh, so that is a strange choice. I did a little... Oh, before I get into that, um, the second player co-op character is John Carver, uh, who is... Okay. <laughs> when you're playing single player, you kind of get to the end of the game and John Carver, like comes out with this big monologue about all his personal problems and you're like where the fuck did that come from and you can tell that it's stuff that you find out specifically in co-op that is completely left out of solo play so i'm just like what the hell is going on here yeah it's really bizarre it's super bizarre how you play single player as isaac clark and you occasionally see carver in cutscenes or something yeah but in in standard gameplay, he's not there, and uh, it's just—it's really strange, man. How they've yeah they—they've not kept him in a bit more. I don't know. It's just—it's just so evidently designed for co-op, and yeah, if you're playing on your own, it's like Carver doesn't need to be there; doesn't need to exist. Um, and then when he does, you kind of get confused about who he is. Uh, at least I did. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of weird because you can tell that they've sort of designed a lot of the levels based on co-op because you have puzzles and, and like hacking segments that obviously have two terminals to be used for co-op puzzle solving. But then when you actually go through the game in solo mode, John Carver is not with you that often at all. And even when he appears in cutscenes, he's not with you in any sort of level section where he contributes at all. So... It's weird because I've played other co-op games where, like, I'm thinking back to, like, Resident Evil 5. Chris and, and Sheva, I think her name was, they're, like, constantly together. And if you co-op, you're playing one of the two characters. 
but she's a part of the the entirety of the story and would be controllable by the second character. But in this one, if you're playing solo, you're just Isaac and you're off doing your own thing and then Carver just appears every once in a while in a cutscene and you're like, oh yeah, you're here. And then towards the last half of the game, he's like, I wish I was a better father. And you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) It's so out of the blue. It's so stupid. Uh, Like, even if they just made him an AI character, you know, that just followed you around and shot things. At least you'd remember who he was and why he was there. And they could have banter or something as you go through the levels. That would have been yeah. acceptable, I feel. Rather than just chucking him in to cutscenes. And then he just <laughs> vanishes at every other point. So weird. And then he has, like, something about, like, I wish I was a better father and I I, I wish I was a good man and I need to atone for my sins. You're like, man, what are you talking about? What <laughs> sins? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only sins that you need to redeem yourself for <laughs> is being in the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, it's very strange. It's very odd. I kind of wish that I had a chance to play the co-op because I didn't hate this game. It's this sort of Frankenstein mesh of things that I like and things that I don't like. And unfortunately, the things I don't like tended to put me off from the things that I did like. The f- first half of this game i actually fucking hated i hated the flotilla i hated running back and forth through all these little ships and then flying through space from one ship to the other to collect things and i was so bored and full disclosure i did play this game before back in 2016 and i stopped as soon as i got to the flotilla and as soon as you unlocked the weapons bench because it put me off so badly that I just did not want to continue. Oh man, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> I know. Like I can't even I can't even like streamline my feelings on this. <laughs> I know. As soon as I think of one thing, another thing pops up that I hated. Uh it's very, very frustrating. Uh but I do agree. Like I, I would have liked to have tried this cult because although I don't think it would have been a, a the Dead Space experience that I was after, it probably would have yeah. been quite hilarious, quite a fun experience. I agree. Yeah. It's it would be like a um, a light hearted fun cop game if you don't take it seriously at all because there's so many things to laugh about in this game and if you're playing cop it would have been pretty enjoyable but as a solo uh, story eh, no doesn't stand up solo wise I liked half of it I definitely feel like I probably would have liked this more as a co-op experience because the mechanics are there to make it a good experience. I just can't comment on if it is or if it, or if it isn't. I don't even know if the servers are still active to allow that. Like, who mm. knows? This, I is, haven't got a clue. this is an old game now. That, that's, another, that's another point. You can't play co-op then if the servers get turned off. Yeah, I don't know if they are or not, but I know the DLC store is still open because I looked at the, some of the stuff that they were selling. Actually, actually, thinking on it, you probably... Yeah probably doesn't require a server if it's just uh if there's like a host from one playstation or one xbox to the, to another i don't know oh that's or, true yeah either way stupid okay so the reason why i stopped playing this when i got to the weapons bench is because you no longer purchase things with credits you now need to collect i think it's six separate resources to build weapons and Um, upgrade equipment so there's no more power nodes there's no more credits you need to find from from enemy drops and from um you know item drops and and loot containers and all that sort of stuff resources and then combine all those resources to build new weapons there are blueprints as well but 
the blueprints still need, I believe, the resources to create the weapons. And the weapons are not exactly the same as they were in previous games. They now have this weird sort of like mishmash, um, Lego, stick a bunch of shit together type of feel to it. Yes. And that completely put me off when I played this last time. I'm like, oh, this is too complicated and it does not seem like fun. So I stopped then. And when I played it this time, it was complicated and not fun. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it's like the weapons from the previous games are iconic. You you know which weapons you like and you expect to come into this game. Pick up those weapons and, uh, and have fun with them again. And um, sure enough, there are a few weapons from the start that you have access to. I think I think you start with a machine gun type thing, uh, or slash pistol, and you also yeah. have the plasma cutter pretty soon on. Yep. Um, but I was like, I want the I want the ripper. I want the javelin gun. And I remember when I was looking at the crafting bench in I think maybe the sec uh, yeah the penultimate chapter that just then I had managed to. Uh, get the blueprint for the javelin gun and it's so stupid and <laughs> there's I've got yeah. so many complaints with this thing um, when you say about the whole Lego uh, crafting system this is like the the upgrade system of the weapons where you can individually change certain parts of the weapon so like let's say you've got um, a primary firing and a secondary firing ability you can right. switch out the parts for the secondary one so let's say you have the plasma cutter if it's if it's like um, the standard one, you you can press the the right right trigger number one, and that will just fire it. And then you press right trigger number two, and that will switch the beam to a vertical one from from a from a horizontal one. Um, but you could switch at that, so it doesn't it doesn't switch horizontal anymore. It will just be like a second firing, or you could have a different type of ammo coming out of it. And this was complicated for me because when I changed one of the bits of equipment i literally just changed the secondary fire to be the primary fire again so i actually just had the plasma cutter <laughs> where both buttons did the exact same thing the only wow. advantage was they had separate ammo for each one so uh, it's it's very strange and i also managed to convert the line gun so it had line gun for for primary fire and then the ripper for secondary fire which i guess was pretty interesting and from the dev's perspective i guess you could say that being that isaac clark is an engineer having a crafting table where he's able to literally mix match and make up any kind of weapon makes sense but that doesn't mean it's good and it just yeah. takes away the original the fun of the of the weapons you had and another problem is that because this game was designed clearly designed to be played co-op you only have two weapons at one time yeah and in Dead Space 1 and Dead Space 2, you had four weapons, each with two firing modes, so you had eight firing modes. And this yeah. one, on single player, two weapons, sometimes with two firing modes each, that's basically four uh, weapons, sort of. So it's yeah. uh, it's a huge downgrade. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, so I, th- I think probably one of the best ways to describe it would be, for example, in Dead Space 1 and 2, you had a line gun, and the line gun primary fire was shoot out a horizontal line of laser, and the secondary fire was shoot, a- shoot out a mine or something like that. This time around, you can have a line gun as your primary fire, but then you can switch out the secondary fire for a ripper blade or a flamethrower or something like that, and it is kind of cool, but 
my main problem is that it's too much tinkering. Just give me the base guns and then I'll run around and shoot people how I want to shoot them. I don't want to have to spend time farming resources, farming upgrade parts so I can get the specific gun that I want because the I had to completely change the way that I played the game compared to the last, the last one. This time around, I think I used... Um, I used the plasma cutter the entire time, plus another secondary gun, uh, which was initially a flamethrower with a secondary fire, which was a cryo freeze. And then the second one was like a machine gun. And the secondary fire was a grenade blaster or something. And then those worked enough. And I didn't want to fuck around with the weapons bench, fuck around with resources. I just wanted to play the damn game. And it pisses me off that It creates a barrier of entry now for people who don't want to mess with that shit. So, that irritated me a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. And it's from a series which is kind of famous for being minimalistic. Like the first two. Yeah. Um, In terms of hard weapons, all that sort of thing. It's very simple. Um, It's not intimidating to get into at all. You pick up a weapon, you pick up ammo for it, you're done, you're good to go. And this one... It just seems so complex and out of character from the franchise. And another thing is that I was uh, hesitant to ever create weapons because of the chance that I would then unlock a new one soon that was better than the one I might build. So I ended up not creating weapons to kind of hoard my uh, parts that I had picked up because I just didn't know whether the weapon I was going to build was going to be any good. Um, so it was, it was a bit strange, and just just one of the bad features. And um, yeah. from, from what I understand, I know that a whole lot of the features in this game were not what the devs wanted. Like, EA played a huge part in making this game what it is. So Yeah, you know. so I, I think... I don't know if the, the whole individual resources thing was the devs idea or EA's idea because it feels like the reason why that was done was so they could sell resources as microtransactions in the store which is what they're doing so if you don't want to waste time farming for resources because um in the in the game you you get these scavenger bots that you can use like a a radar to find where resources may be and then you can place your scavenger bot on the ground and it will be there for like 10 minutes and then return to the weapons bench where it will give you resources and um it's it's like that sort of mobile game timer throttling system where you need to wait for resources to update and blah 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 and you know it's um an artificial waiting mechanic that's put onto the game and intentionally slows your progress as far as resources are concerned so because they've done that um they now offer you resource packs in the dlc store so you can spend real life money on more resources to get better weapons um to have more variety of weapons and um there are some cosmetic things on there as well like you can get new suits that i think do upgrade like inventory space and and all that sort of stuff but um yeah, it's just, it's so scummy and it's such an EA thing to do and it irritates the hell out of me. And I know for a fact that the devs did not want microtransactions in there, but it was either, hey, put this in there or cancel the game. So, yeah. Yeah. Bit of a knife edge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they definitely could have implemented it in a lot worse ways. So, I'm glad that they did it the way that they did it because um, 
There is one thing that you can do, like if you're using the scavenger bots, you can get what's called resource tickets. And if you save them up for long enough, you can use the resource tickets as currency to buy the resource packs on the DLC store without actually spending any real money. So that was a bonus. And I did use that towards the end to get my better guns. Oh, but, so um, I did not realize that was a feature. I never got any of these resource tickets. <laughs> you would have. If you used the scavenger bots, you would have gotten them. They're just sort of like an automatic resource that updates and you get very little of them. But if you get 60, you get the biggest resource pack, which I don't think is enough to outright buy the better weapons, but it is enough to assist in getting them. So I just saved them up, got a really good gun. And then I was like, all right, that's it. I'm done with this crafting shit. I'm done with this resource shit. I'm just going to use this until the end of the game. And I cranked the difficulty down to casual because I didn't want to mess around with it anymore with resources. So yeah, that was it. Done yeah. and dusted. This was the first one in the franchise where I didn't start automatically on easy. I put it on normal. And um, yeah, I put it down to easy <laughs> just because I was getting uh, a bit bored of it. Yeah, I wanted to get through it as fast as I could because especially in the early chapters, I was so not having a good time that I wanted to just get it over and done with as fast as I could. Likewise. Yeah. All right. So that's resources and stuff. Uh, microtransactions also. So, I don't know how much resource you did on the co-op stuff, but co-op wasn't entirely EA's fault Mm -hmm. or decision. The developers of Visceral Games did intend to actually make the very first Dead Space game co-op as well, and they built a whole engine and, uh, and planned it all out and all that sort of stuff before the game was launched to implement that but as the deadline got nearer they didn't have enough time to actually do it and they're designed levels specifically around single player and so they couldn't go back to accommodate for two players in the same tight hallways or whatever yeah yeah so they had a lot of that stuff already pre-done and their intention for dead space 3 and this is their concept before they had to uh rush at the end and smash it all together i really like this idea which was they were going to have Isaac as the main player and then whoever was playing second player would be playing Shadow Isaac. And he would sort of be a... Um, and his, fa- his face would be covered by the suit while in gameplay. And as far as I know, he was supposed to just be like another silent protagonist type of character. Someone that you think has no real sort of story input. It's just there so the second player can play them. And um, what was going to happen was they were going to use this silent isaac character to be a figment of the main isaac's imagination and uh have him psychologically like sabotaging himself and questioning what's real and what's not so i love that sort of like psychological mind fuck concept but obviously didn't end up that way that is an interesting idea and it's hard it's hard to say whether or not it would have been a good one but i I feel like single player still works better for the, the style that they did. I agree. I don't think I don't think you're ever really going to get a good horror mode, a horror atmosphere from a co-op game. So it was already going down the action game route. Dead Space 3 just jumped full throttle into action game only territory and co-op mode wouldn't really create much of a horrific experience. It was more like the subject matter of the necromorphs and stuff is what yeah. was giving us horror. I actually uh, got huge Lost Planet vibes from this game. <laughs> like this, this was like oh, yeah. Lost Planet Two, which was cool. I never played those, but definitely made me think of it as well. 
Yeah, it it was just it felt more like uh, a side story from Lost Planet than Dead Space, aside from you know the themes. Yeah, <sighs> I'm just I'm bummed. You know how the the people will compare Alien to Dead Space One, Aliens to Dead Space Two. Um, yeah, I did see someone compare Alien Three to Dead Space Three. I would have said agree with the one and two. But then Dead Space yeah. 3, I would say, is more like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Alien Resurrection. Maybe. I haven't seen that yeah. one, so I, I, can't, I can't comment. Oh, it's more, it's just kind of sillier. And I think it actually is more action focused as well. There's, there's parts where, like, <laughs> there's sort of like shootouts, like Western style <laughs> shootouts. <laughs> so it's got well, more like an action edge. Yeah. That that that's that's what I mean. Just silly, <sighs> silly over the top, and not not very atmospheric. Yeah, not necessarily a bad thing though. Uh, what you're saying that Dead Space Three isn't that bad? <laughs> no, it's terrible. I'm just saying that uh, <laughs> <laughs> being silly and action focused isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's like I like yeah, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, even if it was terrible. Oof. You know what? I actually did too. It was popcorn. Turn your mind off silliness. It was nonsense, but I enjoyed it. And at times in this game, it was nonsense, and I enjoyed it. But yeah, when I think about it, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely didn't hate as much as you did. I loved... Well, I didn't... Okay, fine. Love is a strong word. I liked um, <laughs> most of the stuff that happened when you got down to the planet. Like, that should have been the meat and potatoes of this game. I didn't want to spend fucking three hours on the flotilla or an hour at the beginning of the game running through earth being shot at by oh by the way a new (laughs) thing human enemies (laughs) yeah in fact the first enemies you encounter are humans oh that's not true there's a prologue i forgot about the prologue yeah but the the necromorphs in the prologue are humanoid and they don't have like the the blade arms coming out of oh, them. I They're guess. just like these weird dudes they holding just have axes. Pick axes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> medieval axes as well. Like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> it's not medieval. <laughs> what they fucking were, man. <laughs> They're just axes. <laughs> um Yeah, so it's weird to go from like the first two games where it drills into you, shoot off their arms and dismember them, and that's how you defeat them, to going to, hey, these guys are human, shoot them in the head. Again, like you have in every other game. So, oh, huh. and there's a crouch button because now it is a, um, what do you call those? It's a cover shooter. That's it. I was going to call it a stop and pop shooter. <laughs> 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 stop and pop. <laughs> it's like a type right. of cereal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, should, should we go over the rest of the new stuff? I, ha- I do have a list here. <laughs> All right, let's go over the new stuff. And we can say whether it's good or bad. All right. Well, we'll try and like power through these so we can... Um, I want to talk more about fucking Ellie and stuff because yeah. I've got a few things to say about that. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know if this was present in the last game, but you can dodge roll in this one. That definitely was not present in the last one. Yeah. Did you know that you could do it? Yes. Yes. Okay. I found out very early on in the game. And I also thoroughly enjoyed it that they only told us about it like three quarters of the way into the game. <laughs> oh yeah, that was weird. That was so strange. <laughs> yeah, I did it by accident, and then later in the game, it's like, hey, you can dodge roll by pressing these buttons. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's weird. mad. You play for ten hours, and then they tell you you can dodge roll this thing that you you would have probably found out 
just by chance by accidentally tapping the button twice uh yeah it's it's weird yeah i didn't really use it it didn't really help yeah when they even when they got within range i felt like my back was always against the wall anyway or they were too close for me to dodge roll away the collision detection was if there was an enemy near you and they were even slightly in your way you wouldn't like dodge through them like you would in most games. It just stopped you from being able to move. Like you were just stuck in place. You, you roll into a wall that, and the wall is the enemy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every wall I meet is my enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I have a vendetta against walls. <laughs> that wall killed my father. <laughs> nope. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Guess we won't <laughs> improv. <laughs> I've I've had enough of walls. <laughs> All right. Um, I've already said the crouch button, but there's a crouch button. Uh, there are optional side quests now, like actual side quests. Yes, and you can see these in your menu using your holographic display screen sort of thing. Yeah. I didn't hate these. Um, I don't mind them. But, like, well, I like that they're optional. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, yeah. like, I heard that they were pretty good and they were... If you did the carp ones, they presented a bit more story into Carver. And I also heard that they kind of dealt more with the dementia and the hallucinations that the markers brought out in people. So yeah. Isaac would see one thing, Carver might see another. And that would be pretty interesting from a carp perspective, if, especially if you're talking uh, by a like, uh, party chat or something. And yeah. one of you says what you're seeing and the other person says what the fuck are you talking about so that's pretty interesting but naturally when you're yeah. playing on your own you don't encounter or you you don't experience these situations it's um it's a feature that you wouldn't really know about so it's a bit of a disappointment yeah the, i can't recall a single time in this game where there was anything reminiscent of the hallucinations from the previous two games there never seemed to be like any sort of marker interference with isaac in this game at all so yeah I didn't think that would be something I'd miss because I didn't really, uh, I didn't think I enjoyed it in Dead Space 2. Um, actually, no, I didn't. It was. I'm glad it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Um, I'm I'm kind of lukewarm on it. I don't care either way. Like uh, it was somewhat tedious in the in the previous game, but I overlooked it because that's just what it was. It would have been more annoying in this game because of the pace, because it's an action game. I think it worked better in two because it was slow. Okay, you say action game and pace, but I find the pacing of this game to be considerably slower than the previous game. I guess. Maybe I just mean, like, the, the, the fact that you're running around. Um, I mean, it kind of feels faster in the combat and action kind of way. Perhaps perhaps the story progress, yes, that's that's a bit slow at times. That's super slow for sure. That's, yeah. Um, comparatively to, to Dead Space 2, where, yes, Dead Space 2 or and 1 to a degree are quite linear because you're always going forward and you're always, you've got like forward momentum. This one is sort of like because of these optional quests, there are places that where you can go off the beaten path and discover these. Um, I say a discover, it's not really a discovery, it's not like it's an exploration type of game. But you'll find like a barracks or an armory or something, and then an optional mission will pop up where you're talking to your flock of seagulls friends, and you're like, "Hey, there's a barracks here. Maybe I can find some weapons or something." And they're like, "Yeah, cool, go in there." And a the little pop up is like, "Optional mission." 
in this one because you can run around and and explore these optional sections it kind of slows the forward momentum of the story significantly because now you're like running around in some sort of complex under the ground looking for weapons which spoiler alert not a spoiler but the items that you get from these optional missions are pretty average at best like it's not really worth doing them although having said that there is one or two of the optional quests that I did which had at least an interesting story to it. So there is some benefit if you want to explore everything, but they're pretty easy to just skip without losing out on anything. Yeah, I did one optional quest and that was during the bit where you're in space and I think it's basically an optional ship that you can adventure in. That's the one I did. Uh-huh. Um, the rest... I skipped because I basically wanted to finish the game as quick as possible, and I just, I, yeah, I just didn't want to prolong my time playing this game, especially if they weren't yeah. going to add much to the story. There was one really good one that I came across story-wise, and that was just some dude who ended up killing. Um, so going to story a little bit, um, the flotillas are ships from like two hundred years ago, and they were involved in the markers and stuff as well. So they discovered something that uh, they wanted to suppress from getting out. So what they did was, because it was a military base, they destroyed all of the documents and killed everyone, then killed themselves. So for whoever was left, they just ended up killing themselves. And this one guy was like, there's absolutely no way I'm going to do that. And then what he ended up doing was he killed everybody else in the ship and then he set up a whole bunch of traps and he talks to you via like an intercom when you're in this ship. And then you're, like, trying to get through all of his his traps. It reminded me of the AI section in Dead Space 2, which I really enjoyed. So, I was like, oh, sweet, this is cool. Hmm. And then you eventually get to the cockpit, where it turns out that the guy pre-recorded all these messages, and he's been dead for 200 years, because, of course, <laughs> how he's supposed to live for 200 years. <laughs> and um, I thought that was kind of clever, and that was kind of fun. But hmm. as far as contributing to the overall main story, it is completely not needed so um it's just like a fun side thing and that would be the only optional mission that i consider fun because i've done all of them except for the co-op ones okay well that does sound pretty cool uh but uh even if i had my time again i wouldn't bother with them <laughs> i didn't enjoy the game enough all right I don't, I don't blame you um kinesis no longer pins enemies against the walls uh i mean it sort of does but not to the, the degree that it did in the previous game. What, what do you mean? Well, I found in the early sections that like when I would shoot uh, a spiky thing at people, it didn't pin Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I think it might still be there, but perhaps you have to be more precise or something because um, yeah, I, I did notice that, actually. You're right. When you threw the necromorph limbs at them and stuff, it, uh, it would have just go straight... It, it just gets held inside their torso, but they wouldn't have gone flying anywhere. Yeah, yeah. like the, the strength of it, at least initially, is not strong enough to pin something against the wall. Whereas in the second one, right from the beginning that you get it, it's pin them against the wall. And this time around, it's it's not the one hit kill that it was before. Yeah, that was a shame because I enjoyed the pinning against the wall. <laughs> That's why I yeah. like the javelin gun. It was so effective <laughs> in that sort of way. You could just shoot them and it would just send them flying into the wall and they'd be gone. Straight out of sight yeah. and out of mind. And I was hoping that Kinesis was going to be the same again, but alas. I'm wondering if the reason why they toned it down was because it was too overpowered for a co-op thing, perhaps? Oh, but perhaps, perhaps, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it was it was something I missed from it. Yeah. K- 
Kinesis now opens doors and you need to use it to open a lot of doors. Yeah, I, I hated this feature at first. Yeah, uh, so do I. I mean, the first time you encounter it is in space, in, in the flotilla, where you're trying to get inside one of these um, old spaceships. Yeah, the airlocks. And, um, oh man, it was, it was obvious this is where I needed to go. Um, the objective told you, and it was a blue lock. And um, you're not told how to open it, right? And <laughs> I tried using Kinesis on it. I pressed, pressed uh, or whatever to, to lock onto it. And the beam did something. It spanned the handle, but nothing happened. So I ended up flying <laughs> halfway around the fucking ship to try and find oh an God. alternate entrance because the door wasn't opening. And then I went back to it and just by chance... I um like tapped Kinesis on it. I like tapped it a few times. And then it opened. And it just didn't make any goddamn sense to me. And um <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm probably uh among the minority who's had a problem with that one. Uh but it's uh it's just like why? What was wrong with going up to a door and pressing X? Yeah. I don't mind it for some things, but uh, it's just like yeah. an unnecessary change, and that is a continual thing in this game. Just <laughs> unnecessary changes which made things worse. I understand why they would use it for certain puzzles, and I'm totally fine with that. It's a perfectly useful puzzle thing or mechanic to have. However, they just have like regular doors that you need to use it on inside spaceships. Like if it's <laughs> just airlocks that you need to use it on, fine, I get that, but. <laughs> Probably being overdramatic, but it's almost like every third of the doors needed a fucking kinesis to open it. You know, it's just like, why? This is so unnecessary. Yeah, because half of them have got a handle on it, and you point yeah. your kinesis at this handle, and it's uh, it's just like, why? <laughs> God, just this makes sense. Just one button, open the door. It's not that hard. The last two games managed to do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's so strange. Uh, did not like that at all. At least it didn't drain the stasis module at all. Oh, That yeah. would have been annoying. True. So, another minor one. Baby necromorphs are now dogs. Nah, this is uh, this is part of a bigger point. This is just enemy design in general, if you ask me. Um, it's all worse. Yeah. Oh, I, I was actually going to say that as well. The... They recycle a lot of assets, but they do not recycle many of the enemy models, which is a real shame because it seems like they redesigned the enemies to look shitter. Yeah, they they took like similar designs and then just made them generic. I loved the the weird creepy babies. Um and um but yeah, I I quite enjoyed all of the goddamn necromorphs from the previous games. They were yeah. unique. They were they were typical Dead Space. You knew what game you were playing if you saw the enemies. In this, half of the enemies come at you, and you could be forgiven for thinking it was from uh, just any old random space alien game. Uh, yeah. Occasionally, you see the Necromorphs, and you think, ah, this this resembles the Necromorphs from the previous game, but it looks like they've just. <sighs> I really don't know. <laughs> I really don't know how to yeah. describe it. They've just made the designs okay. worse and forgettable. Yeah, I... How do I want to put this? I understand why they're different and why they didn't use babies this time around. It's an in-universe thing that I can forgive because 
the the whole necromorph like virus thing adapts living tissue to perform what it needs. Obviously, this particular ship didn't have like a whole bunch of um, cryogenically frozen babies in test tubes to use for organ donation or whatever it is that they had from the first game. Yeah, they just even say in this game that they have dogs on board. So the dogs are uh, roughly the same size as the babies from the previous games. So they just the necromorph virus uses that as the annoying tentacle enemy that climbs on walls. So that's fine. But the regular necromorphs, like the dudes in in their Arctic spacesuits, look so fucking weird. Their faces are completely different. There's no clarity to them. It's, uh, yeah, it's so it's strange. Weird. And they've got glowy yellow eyes now. Oh, yeah. And the, there's these... There are enemies that are... They're just people, like they're people turned into necromorphs. But we've seen people turned into necromorphs in the last two games. So why do they not look the same? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like they'd have the same instructions from the marker as to how to to reform them into necromorphs. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying, uh, it wouldn't yeah. be like each marker has its own um, DNA that it then instructs the the body to mutate into. It would all be yep. a very similar thing. So why it is different doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I I hated the enemies that basically just looked like normal people. They didn't even have the the necromorph blades coming out of them. Just the two dudes walking with the axes. And, yeah, and I, like, what the hell is this? Also, I found I found the enemies tedious and hard to kill as well. That's exactly why I turned it down to to casual as well. Yeah, and I think I think this game actually kind of wants you to chuck away what you've learned from the previous two games. Like, half the time you don't have to bother shooting the limbs, especially on the people, yeah. the, the the humanoid um, necromorphs that don't actually have the blades. You can just shoot them in the torso with a machine gun and they die. Whereas if you spend your time yeah. trying to sh- shoot the legs, um, it actually gets more difficult because then they crawl around on the floor and they're hard to kill. So, yeah, it's, um, it's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into that problem too. I was like, oh, okay, dismember. And then I would take off a couple of arms and then they're still coming. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. But if I just unloaded like a, a couple of clips into their torso, they would just down a lot quicker. And I was like, all right, that's we'll do that then from now on. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's just such a stupid idea. Uh, annoying. <laughs> okay. So there are auto saves, very minor addition. You no longer need to go to manually save, which is fine, I guess. I, d- I, don't, I don't think it's fine. I don't think it's fine, man. You don't? No. Oh, actually, come to think of it, that is an issue. It is definitely an issue. I mean, uh, this is going back to the fact that it's not a horror game anymore. And yeah. if, it's, if it's hoping for the quicker progress and enjoying enjoyment as a co-op game, then I guess, yeah, save points would be a bit of a a bit of a palaver, a bit of an issue. But from atmosphere atmospheric point of view, it definitely added something where you wanted to hurry up and get to a save point to save your progress for fear of dying and losing out a ton of progress. Uh this you don't really have to worry about it. Um and I don't know, it's you had auto saves in the previous games too, even if you did or checkpoints I should say. Yeah. But it just it definitely felt a bit cheap the way it didn't have them here the thing that bothered me was that i couldn't make multiple saves on the same or on separate files so i could potentially reload to a previous point in case i'd missed something like i'm 
I play RPGs. That's what I do. <laughs> like if I miss something, I want I have multiple files so I can go back and get it, or I can go back and pick up a trophy or something for a previous save file that's like much further back, so I don't have to like replay the entire yeah. thing. I hate games that do that, that don't give you multiple yeah. options to save. And you have to use your backup saves or save to a memory stick or something. That is so yep. so dumb. I don't get why any game would not allow you to do that. It's stupid. And I did have one or two times where I did the exit or save and exit. And I was like, okay, this will just save where I am. And then when I reloaded <laughs> the game, I still had to play like 15 minutes of progress that I thought I had already done before. So I was like, fuck. Yeah, I was a bit concerned about that. So whenever I turned off, I went to a bit when there was um, what I thought was a bit of a hub or, or safe yeah. zone. And um, I think aside from one time, it did load me back straight in the exact same place. And even when it didn't, it was only like a minute's uh, one room away sort of thing. So it wasn't, wasn't much of an issue for me. All right. Well, that's the save point. <laughs> What's, let's talk about something good. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I got something good. Okay. I got something good. There's only one ammo type now. Yeah, that's true. It, this kind of confused me at first because I didn't realize there was. But um, yeah, <laughs> all the guns you use, use one type of ammo. So you don't yeah. really have to worry about keeping a certain amount in your inventory at once. Yeah, it's just another thing you don't have to think about. I, I think you're going to criticize it for this as well because it takes away the horror element of managing your resources because um, it limits you to one type so you're always going to have ammo in hand yeah it, uh, I wouldn't have said it was a great feature <laughs> yeah. well I think it's a plus because I was really annoyed at like hoarding separate ammo types for guns that I didn't particularly want to use so um, I am in two minds because if I'm, t- if yeah. I'm thinking about the game then from a horror's perspective it was pretty cool having to worry about your ammo. From an action game, you don't really want to have to worry about inventory management. You just want to kill some aliens and yeah. and go about it. You don't want to have to search for ammo. That's fine. So if they if the devs were aiming to have it like this, a um, non disjointed game where you could just run through collecting ammo without too much issue, then it's fine. Works works well. Actually, I I think I figured out why they've done it that way. Well, probably because it's co op. No, I think it's because of the way that they've done the mishmash Lego constructed guns. Because if you have a primary and secondary fire that in previous games would be considered separate separate ammo types, mm. how are you going to collect separate ammo types to, to fill both of those, those shots? You know what I mean? I guess, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if you have a flamethrower and a line gun mixed all in one... Um, instead of collecting line gun ammo and flamethrower canisters, you're just collecting one ammo type, and that will carry across all guns because they're all universal. They're all bitses. Mm. <laughs> they're all mutts and mixtures and bitses. Yeah. Well, ultimately, when I was playing, I didn't really think about it too much, so I guess I don't mind it. Okay. <laughs> well, that's the positive spirit I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it wasn't shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Come on, I'm going to make you appreciate a little bit more about this game. <laughs> okay. I'll try and think of something good, but I'm struggling. Uh, well, unfortunately, the rest of my list is all negative things. <laughs> well, you liked at least some of the design of the game, right? Yeah. We could talk about a bit of that. The environmental design. There were some pretty cool areas. That's 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 true. Especially when you get to the planet, it looks really good. Like, 
all the way, like all three games, I think graphically look great. This one, the facial animations are a bit odd, like worse than the last one. Oh yeah, they made it. They made them ten times worse. Oh, it was weird. Ellie looks like she has had way too much Botox and way too much lip filler. Yes, it <laughs> yes. was ridiculous. Oh, it was crazy. Like she was trying to pull like a sad face, and I uh, just, just looked like a duck. Away. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, didn't work. Very strange. I I particularly liked uh, actually when you were in floating around space and you could see all the debris everywhere and the planet in the distance. I quite enjoyed that. It looked pretty cool. Whether I enjoyed the gameplay is another thing, but just <laughs> um, being stuck in this wreckage of tons of ships all torn apart with the stars and the planet in the distance looked pretty damn cool. Yeah, I found myself taking still shots of like the environments and stuff yeah and i even put someone out instagram but it kind of reminds me of horizon zero dawn because that game the visuals and and the environments are stunning and it was kind of like that where i would look out at the horizon of the planet and or if you're in space like just space and the planet and all the debris and and stuff like that and it looks great and there's even a part at the very end of the game where you're in like an alien sort of complex it has amazing alien architecture and um that was pretty as well and cool it was it was pretty cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's true <laughs> uh just uh, i don't know how to, to kind of say like i i didn't like it but also i did it's pretty strange is it are you just disappointed <laughs> i just Generally, it's not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really what I mean. That that's the thing is this is the the reaction that basically everybody had when this game was released. Yeah, it was I so. not what Dead Space fans wanted, and even playing it six years later, still don't want. <laughs> yeah, you know it's strange that I think if if you listen back to the podcast, it probably be fairly uh, evident that I did not love Dead Space 1 or Dead Space 2. And I may at one point have even said I was looking forward to playing Dead Space 3 because I quite like the idea of an action game. Um, Oh, I remember you saying that. Yeah. And it's like now I've been there and done that, I desperately want Dead Space 2 and 1 back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I want the action game to, to die. Strange. See, I think you secretly love them and you just didn't know that you love them. Maybe. It took it took uh, the misery of Dead Space 3 to make me realize just how, how much I loved the previous two. Yeah. It highlights the quality of the previous two games. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you should play Dead Space 3, everybody. You should not play Dead Space 3. <laughs> <laughs> you really shouldn't. Um. <laughs> Unless you want to play it with co-op with a mate and take it like a bit of a joke. Then by all means do it. Yeah, look, I, I would actually... <sighs> I can't say from first-hand experience if the co-op is any good, but if I was to play this anyway, it would be through co-op. Like, that's the way I would want to experience, because it seems like they've put a lot of effort into that, and the whole game is designed around that, and I feel like perhaps we're missing the whole main draw of this, and we probably would have liked it a lot more if we played we're, co-op. We're missing the main draw, but EA um, or the de- developers are missing the fact that we didn't want Dead Space to be a co-op game. By all means, yeah. make a co-op space shooter, but don't make it into a Dead Space game. Yeah. Or make it a side a side one. 
Yeah, true. I mean, they've given us a solo experience, but the solo experience is tarnished by the fact that the rest of the game is designed around co-op. So yeah, it's just it's it's like you're getting half the experience. It's it's a bit stupid. You know what it's like? It's like when you sit on one of those romantic swan rides <laughs> at a theme park, but you're in the swan by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be for two people, but when you're sitting there by yourself, it's not fun. But if you're sitting there with another person, it is fun because you can have a cheeky pass, you can slip your fingers in, you can do all sorts of stuff. <laughs> or a robo <laughs> and you're just rowing the right side, so you're constantly going around in a circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, those swans that both, like, two people pedal. The pedalos. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> all right, look, I'm not, I don't want to talk too much about um, any more of the mechanics. We've already, like, there's new-ish stuff, but nothing worth mentioning that we haven't already talked about. I mean, unless there's something else that you can think of that was particularly egregious that we haven't spoken of. Oh, I will bring up the uh, abseiling. <laughs> oh, yeah. I fucking yeah, okay. hated the abseiling. Or at least one- I didn't mind One it. section. One section where you have to use stasis as well to <laughs> to freeze these, like, the bits of the mountain that are falling upon you as you climb yep. up the mountain. And- you have to jump across the little uh, gap in between the two sides, and it just wouldn't fucking work sometimes. You'd jump and you'd get caught in the middle, and you'd end up back on the side you jump from, and then you'd get hit by a boulder that is unfrozen. And oh my god, I had to redo this type thing. Like, I don't know, it must have been like 10 times before I managed it. I was at the point wow. of despair, absolute <laughs> despair. <sighs> hmm. Still angry about it. I bet you did it first. I don't know time. what you did wrong. Huh? <laughs> I, I said, I bet you did it first time, didn't you? <laughs> um, I did it second time. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> there was there was one part where I, I stasis the piece of the mountain that was falling off, and I thought I could just, like, continue where I was and climb up next to it. <laughs> but even with it slowed, it touched me, and then I just, like, fell Turned into to blood. body parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, but after that, I f- I finished it no problem. Maybe I'm just being terrible. And there was yeah, also another time maybe. during the end where you're um, rappelling down the mountain, chasing in an elevator, and yeah, I, didn't, like I didn't die. But when I was about to land, like you, you click X to to land, and when I did that, I didn't land. I fell through the scenery and <laughs> just died, and had to redo it again. I was very upset. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Look, understandable. I didn't. I didn't mind those sections too much. Um, there was too many of them, though, for sure. Yeah, they were stupid. And also, they have um, <laughs> that's another scene where it's just clearly designed for two players because you have two of these uh, repelling machines that you have <laughs> yeah. to go up to, and it's just like an empty one. Like, why is that there? I wonder. Oh, it's for Carver, yeah, who we I don't, don't know, who <laughs> we forget exists sometimes. <laughs> I think. I, I don't know if you can just have, like, a second player jump in at any point, because um, I'm wondering if that's why they left them there. Otherwise, I would say that in the solo campaign, they should have just left those things out. Yeah. I haven't got a clue. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. All right. Besides that, anything else you want to get off your chest before I want to talk about the biggest thing that annoyed me? Nah. Go ahead. Go ahead. What was the biggest thing that annoyed you in Dead Space 3? Okay. Well, this is this is two parts. So... Number one, I hate Ellie now. I really hate Ellie. <laughs> yes. So much. <laughs> I liked her in the previous game, 
Um, she was inoffensive and a, a decent enough companion. This time around, she... <sighs> her boyfriend tries to kill you <laughs> and you have to kill him for self-defense and then she blames you for it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> don't fucking pull that on me. And this this ties into my, my biggest complaint, which is the entire forced love triangle bullshit. I hated this so much. Let's, let's not forget, though. Let's not forget, though. They're like five minutes after she's upset with you. You then end up kissing her and everything's, everything's back to normal oh, yeah. and she loves you again. <laughs> it's all fine. True. <laughs> oh, this is laughable. But, yeah, and then like in the next like hour while all that stuff's going on, it's it's sort of like you're back to what you were in Dead Space 2 where you have like sort of banter. Well, actually, no, they were never together in Dead Space 2, but it's like they're together again. Like, I love you. I love you too. Blah, blah. Even though literally four hours ago, I was kissing this other guy and then getting really mad at you that you killed him. <laughs> It just didn't make any sense. All <sighs> the characters are moronic. Yes. Uh, in fact, the only person who I didn't hate for the entire game was Carver, and that's just because he wasn't fucking there. Oh, um, I know! I, <laughs> I hated him in the beginning. I was like, this guy is fucking ugly. What is with his face? I'm going to hate this dude. And then he was he talked probably the most, most likable person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was so stupid. Uh, but it's just like the... Stupid scenes and characters flipping 180 on their personalities so quickly. Oh, my God. Ah. It's uh, embarrassing. On, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. Yes. Sorry, but it is. I know, I know. Yeah, so I hate hated the forced love triangle bullshit that w- went on for far too long and was not interesting in the slightest. Um, but on the, <laughs> on the character thing... <laughs> remember that part where you're like... About to abseil, I think. And oh no, it's after you've just killed the guy. Yeah, you've just and, killed um, Norton. <laughs> I know which bit you're coming to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's this, there's this chick, and um, she's African American chick. <laughs> she's a scientist. And then she, you've killed Norton, and then she's just like, uh. <laughs> she chucks her like notepad on the ground, <laughs> and then her terrible face animation, just frowning, and she's like. She's like, now there's only four of us. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so oh, I had a that was a full on laughter moment when that actually happened. In- <laughs> oh yeah, I for, for the listeners, as soon as that happened, I literally paused the game and had to text Kira because it was so funny, and I took a little photo of it too. <laughs> oh, and her face. Oh my god, it was so funny. It was so false. That's what I loved about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know who wrote this game compared to the other two. It had to have been somebody different. Something had changed there for sure. Yeah, maybe they let one of their um, children write it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, honey, and now now somebody's died. What do you? Th- how do you think this lady's going to react? She would be shocked, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> she would be sad that there is only four of them left and she would throw her notepad I down. I don't think she'd be able to go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she said that too. She's like, I can't go on. Yeah. Like, are you serious? <laughs> Even though she was until that point. <laughs> you come this far and you can't go on. <sighs> uh, oh, well. And the whole Norton betrayal thing as well was annoying as hell. <sighs> was he doing it because... I don't think there was any influence from the markers. He was just a fucking dick. He was a who betrayed Isaac because of Ellie. <laughs> but the problem was, 
there were times in the game where I, I, where I hated Norton and thought, well, this guy's clearly fucking chump. Let's get rid of him. Yeah. And then at times he talked sense and I hated Isaac. And it was yeah. like going between this. Who am I supposed to relate to and like here? Whose side am I on? I hated them all. And it's, yeah, it's just easier to hate everything and everyone. Yeah. <laughs> hate EA. I liked Carver. He was, Carver was the one that didn't do anything and spoke sense most of the time. Most and he of the was time. always like, are you sure about this? Yeah. I'm like, all right, gotcha. There was one point where Carver fucking pissed me off, though, towards the end of the game. Is that when he, like, saved Ellie? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, basically made everyone else in the entire galaxy die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably that part. <laughs> yeah. I think that part. That wasn't great, Carver. Come on, maybe yeah. rethink that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I had you on side, and then you, you fucked up. Like, I would have... Isaac was speaking since then. He was like, okay... Uh, Ellie might die now, but you know there's millions of lives at stake, so I'm not going to give you this MacGuffin that's going to cause the apocalypse. And I was like, yeah, good job. And then Carver just takes it out of your hand and gives it to him. <laughs> Fucker. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, come on, Carver. You were you were our last yeah, hope. What a dick. Oh god. Okay, so um, I think that's basically all I've got for that stuff. I do want to cover what happens in the story. Um, well, you're going to have to talk through that because there was a good portion of this where I was just laughing and kind of bantering <laughs> with my housemate as, as we played and uh, not really um, paying too much attention to what was going on. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I've, I've built it up over the last two episodes. I was like, all right, we'll talk about the lore in the last one. So, we have to talk about the lore, okay. whether we understand it or not. Okay. <laughs> but I'm keen to learn. Okay, so very, very start of the game, it opens up with a cutscene that says that a black marker was discovered on Earth in the Mexican Gulf. I believe that one is an original marker made by aliens or some shit. So that, I'm pretty sure, is what started Unitology or something. Oh, fuck, look, I don't even remember. <laughs> in a nutshell, they go to this planet, tell Volantis, because um, they think that this is the marker's homeworld. And when they get there, they're expecting to find some sort of way to turn off the signal to stop the, stop it being broadcast to all the other markers that are everywhere else in space, like on Earth and whatever. Um, but what actually winds up happening is that Tau Volantis was an alien civilization that was affected by the markers the same way that humanity is being affected by the markers. And so what the aliens did is they managed to create a machine which stopped the broadcast of the signal long enough to stop convergence from being completed. So on this planet, convergence was happening, which was what was happening at the end of Dead Space 2. But in this one, convergence was successful. And so what I said in the previous episode was that I would tell you what happens in convergence. So what happens in convergence is that all of the necromorph biological matter gets sucked into one big thing. And you find out in this game what they actually turn into is called a Brethren Moon, which is basically just turning itself into a small planet to go into space and spread the signal and spread more markers. And um, the theory is that these Brethren Moons have gone throughout universes and wiped out civilizations and it eventually got to this planet on Tau Volantis, where the aliens managed to create a machine that stopped the signal and stopped it from being completed. So... The gang are like, all right, cool. There's there's actually a way to stop the signal. And then it turns out that 
um, the machine was wasn't completed, and there was a way to actually destroy the signal and kill the Brethren Moon. Um, so the reason why this entire planet is frozen over is because they've used this machine and frozen the Brethren Moon in place before it could lift off and spread its signal. And um, as they're taking the magical MacGuffin thing to operate this machine, uh, fucking Danik comes in and tries to kill Ellie and then Carver betrays you slightly and <laughs> gives him the MacGuffin Then he activates the whole thing and wakes up the Brethren Moon. And then... Uh, Isaac and Carver basically just kill the moon. (laughs) And then the game ends. However, there is DLC which continues past that. Oh, yeah. I I looked into this a little bit. The Awakens DLC. Yes. And um, let me tell you, I was more than happy with the ending of just having those guys destroy the moon and die. And that be it. I was like, sweet cool that's it nice bookend done they've destroyed the necromorph threat they've died as heroes ever after yeah i mean there's a thing right at the end of the credits where isaac turns out to be alive yeah you're like okay fine whatever hollywood ending yes where he just says ellie ellie yeah i was like cool all right end of a trilogy happy with that i'm so glad (laughs) that i couldn't skip these credits (laughs) yeah fuck oh my god they went on for ages they went on for so long but anyway (laughs) yeah so it turns out in the awakened dlc that you didn't win after all just turns out that because the brethren moon was awakened um all of the other brethren moons in the universe just converge on earth and basically wipe it out yeah I I, th- I think this basically means that uh, the Necromorphs win. Yeah, so I'm real glad that they spent all those uh, resources and all that time making a DLC that undoes the heroic act at the end and um, destroy the universe. <laughs> I see the Brethren Moons as um, an in-game personification of EA. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was going to ask you, do you wish that, they, that the series would continue? Like, do you wish that there would be a Dead Space 4? Mm. No, I would just yeah. wish there was a better Dead Space 3. <laughs> yeah. Or it just ended on the second one. All right. Yeah, if you had asked me last episode if I wish that Dead Space as a franchise would continue, I would say, yes, absolutely. Dead Space is fantastic. But having played Dead Space 3 and seeing that ending and then finding out what the DLC ending is, I was like, no, I'm glad it's over. I'm glad this franchise is done <laughs> because the way that they were going and the direction that they were going, I was not on board with. No. So, no, thank you. There's no saving that now. No, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's it went from like mysterious horror game in Dead Space One with a some sort of alien threat to silly popcorn action alien killing game in Dead Space Two to um, Universal Apocalypse, stupid flying moons of destructions. Yeah, so I'm glad it's over. <laughs> Me too. Me too, man. And I'm not actually uh, that disappointed that everyone died. I Look, I would have been happy with just the, the regular vanilla ending and be like, sweet, all right, that's fine. Um, then they just went and fucking fucked it up. <laughs> I'm never going to pay for it. Like, I was half tempted to get it. Yeah, I'm not getting that DLC, no chance. 
oh, I was so close to getting it. I was like, you know what? It's only four hours long. I could probably play it today before we record. Bah. And then I just thought about it. I'm like, all right, Visceral is gone. EA <laughs> is still around. If I get this, all I'm doing is giving EA money and I do not want to give them money for destroying this franchise. Yeah. I'm going to point out that I never even bought this game. This was this was one I got from PS Plus back in oh, 2014. Yeah. And on my hard drive, the install date was something like the 27th of August uh, 2014. So it's been on my PlayStation 3 for six years and I've never touched it. Oh, well, now you can delete it. <laughs> I have I have deleted it. <laughs> Good. My advice to anyone listening, if you're thinking about playing Dead Space 3... Um, do not buy it online because that money will go to EA. Buy it secondhand because <laughs> that money will go to the person who unfortunately paid for it. Yes, do that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we done now. <laughs> there's there's one more thing I just want to talk about. Okay. Very briefly. Um, it's not like a bad feature. I just find it quite funny. That's the part in the end where you're in the alien zone, and you've got the locked doors, and to get through them, you have to do those noise puzzles oh yeah the translation thing that was so stupid and so funny because the aliens they only speak three noises at a time thankfully and they also (laughs) all speak like chewbacca (laughs) and yeah you just have to match the (laughs) do a little key thing on the by the door that you then like call out and it opens the door Uh, yeah that was a that was a funny feature that was definitely necessary did you realize that if you had subtitles on, it would show you the symbol that you needed to put in? Yeah, I had subtitles. Yeah, okay. <laughs> That's what okay, I mean. I, I did too. It's <laughs> great. Yeah, because I would go up to the panel and it would literally say in the subtitle the the alien alphabet for the sounds that were being made. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Like thanks. so much for this <laughs> really secure lock. I don't, yeah. Actually, this does bring me back to those, um, those door locks where you had to complete a little co-op puzzle uh, to get yeah. through. Where it's literally just like, bring your icon over a certain module, press X. Uh, obviously designed for, for two players, but you can just do it using the right and left analog stick of a single player. But either way, it's just like, is this supposed to be a security lock for a door? Because this is this is just a stupid little mini game. It's nothing. <laughs> Why would this exist in the universe? <laughs> well, hey, look, it's space age. So that's how they just enter doors. It's I like guess. entering a pin number or something. I guess so. <laughs> Why they would want to make it so cumbersome to enter a door, I have no idea. <laughs> On an absolutely massive screen as well. Like, this is taking yeah. up so much space. <laughs> it's like what I was saying in the, one of the previous episodes. Is like If you lived in the Resident Evil mansion, you would have to collect three different medallions to access the lavatory. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the night, you wake up. I'm hungry. I want to make a grilled cheese sandwich. I've got a... <laughs> find 15 golden eggs and then complete a puzzle to get back into the kitchen (laughs) and then i've got to find three keys to unlock the fridge yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then you have to go and get the bread in the basement and solve a a human-sized chess board puzzle (laughs) (laughs) the cheese is Guarded by a giant alligator in the swimming pool. <laughs> yes, and don't forget those dogs that will jump through the window if you go the wrong way. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, it's probably better to just stay in bed. <laughs> yeah. Just, just order online. <laughs> yeah, Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well. I think that's everything. That is the franchise of Dead Space. Um, I cannot foresee us playing any of these side games. Um, maybe one day we'll play extinction i think it was maybe 
Extraction's the the like Wii slash move one. Yeah. Yeah, I might I might give that one a go because I'm quite curious to see it. That's yeah, that's I before think the series it was made before everything went to shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> it literally said the same thing, just different words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but other than that, like I'm pretty happy to put Dead Space back on the shelf and uh recommend if if anyone out there is gonna play any of the games, play the first two and skip this one for sure. Yeah. The series ended at Dead Space 2. Rest in peace. <laughs> this feels good, though, because um, usually when we're shitting on games, they're ones that are actually perceived as good games or reviewed well. I think this one is widely viewed as pretty damn crap. Yeah. Uh, look, I didn't hate it completely. Like, I think I said 50% that I liked, but maybe put that down to 35% of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, 35% of it, when it, was, when it felt like I was playing Dead Space 2, I enjoyed, but- I do not recommend sitting through the 65% of bullshit to get to that 35% of just good. Yeah, absolutely not. For me, it was more like 98% terrible. <laughs> yeah, you did not like this one. <laughs> nah, it was, I, I was just trash. Okay, so what are we playing next week then? So the next game to round off our month of scary games, we'll be playing Vampire. Is that how it's pronounced? Or Vampire. I mean, it's, oh. you know, Vampire with... Y-R instead of I-R-E. Oh. The game that was created by Don't Nod. Is it Don't Nod? Do we know? I don't know. I don't know. It was a few years ago it came out. It's like an RPG, but you play as a vampire. I'm sure I'm sure people would know it. Yeah. I mean, it was free recently, so It was free. Cool. Hence we're playing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I got totally screwed by this because I, I finally had that one moment where I bought a game and then it winds up becoming free later. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that a few times. Oh, yeah, no, this was my first time um, actually buying a game and then having PS Plus or Xbox Live Gold give it away for free. So um, I've been very fortunate in the fact that I haven't had too many of those experiences. But no, this one I shelled out for it a couple months ago and now it was free. Yeah, I've been very tempted to get this one. So uh, I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, Uh more on that in the next episode. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, what are our socials then? All right. So you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Bad Backlog. You can follow us on Instagram at Good Bad Backlog. There is a YouTube channel, The Good, The Bad, and The Backlog. I will be posting more videos from our A Way Out playthrough. It's taken me a very long time, but uh, hey, it was a six hour playthrough and I'm doing one episode at a time each week so give me a break <laughs> <laughs> and i'm teaching myself how to edit and uh oh here's a little little fun side note for you i'm using adobe premiere and i was watching these tutorials on youtube for how to do it and the guy in the tutorial has a really thick indian accent <laughs> and um so now when i i delete something from the timeline and i do a ripple delete I can't help but say out loud in his accent, ripple delete. <laughs> Every time I do it, I love it. That I'm sounds like, so cool. Yeah, I just highlight this section and go, and ripple delete. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so check out our YouTube. Uh, Twitch, good, bad backlog. Haven't done much on that recently. May do something on that soon. Uh, and I think that's it. Spreadshirt. Oh, yes. Uh, you can buy some merch as well. Shop.spreadshirt.com slash good, bad, backlog, or just 
Google good bad backlog spreadsheet and it'll pop up somewhere. Uh, cool. Uh, let's thank our sponsors then. Uh, yep. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Reggie Fusemi, the businessman, former president of Nintendo. He quit Nintendo, but now he's sponsoring us. So he's made a good decision there, Reggie. Thank you. Did he? Yep. He's sponsoring us now. Didn't you get the email? <laughs> Did he quit Nintendo? <laughs> I think so, man. I think it was last year he quit. Oh, I thought he was still there. Oh, geez. I don't know. I didn't even know that's how you pronounce his last name. <laughs> nah, Wikipedia told me that. I mean, I'm guessing. It looks very French. Oh, fuck me. I mean, what? I thought he was. Fils- I thought his name was Phil Zemi. Well, is that's that, that's so French though? I mean, Fils, I think his son, and then M A, is friend. He is. Look, a son I'm not friend. saying you're wrong. I'm just surprised that that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But thanks for sponsoring us, Reggie. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Reggie. Um, I would also like to thank Radical Reggie. who has recommended that we play Cursed Quesadilla. Don't think we will yet, but maybe one day. Thanks, Reggie. Thanks for that recommendation, Reggie. (laughs) Go back to playing Steambot Chronicles. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'd quite like to play that game too. I actually do have that, but um, I haven't played it yet. But but first, uh, Cursed Quesadilla. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's such an inside joke. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.